Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia. Hi, it's Jerry the King Lawler, and you're tuned in to the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. I don't know why you are, but you are. Some guy. These men have changed broadcasting forever. The Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, oh, no, I can't afford Skype. Oh, the, the, the baseball analogy. Oh, the, uh, yeah, come on, you think I, well, Yaki I don't speak Japan, you People. Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, f*** you, DT. Oh, well, Batista's pretty f***ing sexy, and, uh, did I mention Roman Reigns gives me a boner? And, uh, yeah, um, uh, 1980s baseball and wrestling was better than anything else. <laughs> Dontony.com Monday night, November 25th, 2019. Welcome to this edition of the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. I am Don Tony, so he is... Kev Castle. What's up, DT? Ah, uh, somebody possibly helping Seth Rollins with the uh, AOP interference on Kevin Owens. Little bit of a swerve, kind of like teasing if Seth Rollins is behind it or not. You know, I got to tell you... Interesting Raw, interesting yep. title change. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that and a few other things. Um, I just need to remind everyone that last night you and I did 82 minutes talking Survivor Series, talking about Mauro Ranallo and Corey Graves, talking about a lot of other topics. So if tonight's show is quick, I don't want anybody to say, oh, you didn't talk about this, you didn't talk about that. So we already got into a lot of it, and uh, I definitely invite everyone once again, check out our Patreon page. Last week was one of the, um, look, every week is fun, but last week we got into some really wild shit, and uh, I think a lot of people would, would, just signing up just to get last week's content is probably in itself worth for the entire month. But remember, if you sign up to our Patreon you get hundreds of Patreon exclusive shows because the entire archive is there. You don't just get last week's, but patreon.com slash Don Tony. And you know what? Since we are on that topic, I want to give a shout out to Kenneth Hewlett, Shane Johnson, and Smokey. They are our new and returning patrons. Cool. And uh, regarding Survivor Series, the predictions contest, I got to give some congratulations Oh, no, Diogo Nobre. He wins the predictions contest, scored 33 out of 36 points. Uh, Ray Borsier also scored 33 points, but unfortunately, he did not win the tiebreaker. The official match time of Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio last night, which was uh, seven minutes, zero seconds. Oh, no. 
Diogo. Uh, came closest with five minutes and 14 seconds on his tiebreaker. And Ray was second closest with 10 minutes. So Diogo gets a prize from the prize wall or 100 bucks, And nice. Ray Borsier gets his choice of a T-shirt or a video or 25 bucks. And you and for people that have asked, you could get your cash in the form of either PayPal, money order, or Amazon e-gift card. And anybody that took part in the AEW contest two weeks ago gave away a lot of prizes. Everybody got theirs. Everybody's happy. So nice. congrats to Oh no! Diogo! Mi nombre! Mi nombre! No, wait. How do you say name in uh, Spanish? Mi nombre? Yeah. Diogo Nobre. I no, think you... Nombre is num is number. How do you say mi, mi nome? I don't know. Oh no, <laughs> Diogo won. So blah 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 blah. Yeah, congrats to him. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, I tell you on paper, I don't know uh what people thought of Rey Mysterio. That four way was just weird in itself because Randy Orton. I don't know, you know, he's a baby face, he's a heel, he yeah. just beats to the, the, he just walks to the beat of his own drum or however the fuck it's called. Yeah. Drew McIntyre, you know, teasing a little bit of a brawl with AJ Styles and uh, Ricochet is Ricochet. Uh, but Rey Mysterio, you know, being rewarded for the whole storyline. And I think this leads to two things. I don't know how you feel about this, but for those that didn't see Raw tonight, Rey Mysterio won a four-way, went on to take on AJ Styles. And even that skit, you know, was kind of stupid with the OC saying, hey, I think that's a good idea you defend the title. I think that's a great idea you defend the title. That whole segment shows why WWE needs a general manager or commission on Raw. I agree. Because if anybody ever notices... Ever since they got rid of the general manager idea, whenever someone makes a challenge to someone else, you never see that person just leave the ring. Somehow these idiots keep getting talked into having the fucking matches. You know, if you're a it's storyline in yesteryear, a heel would absolutely refuse to have a match. And then the commissioner would come out and say, no, 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 the match is going to happen, whether you like it or not. Now, when a heel is challenged to a match, ultimately, these morons agree to it. But I think Rey Mysterio winning this title leads to some matches with Umberto. And I also think... I don't know if Ray would obviously hold it to WrestleMania, but I think Ray Mysterio taking on Dominic is a possibility. What do you think? I mean, Dominic turning heel. Or I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, look, I would like to see Dominic turn heel. I mean, just, you know, father crying. Why son? Why son? You know, you, you, you kind of like, you don't get that too often. I mean, yeah, we got Shane and Vince and you've got a couple over the years, but um, maybe it's a friendly challenge. You know, Dominic takes on his dad. I think that would be pretty cool to see. Look, you know, the last time I actually got a kick out of seeing a father and son competing together, mm-hmm. and I, I'm sorry if it's a dated reference, but I honestly thought about it. 
Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey. And yes, yeah, you could yeah. you could say Dusty Rhodes and Dustin and, you know, when Dustin, Dusty and Cody had that little reuniting when, you know, the jobs were on the line and they had to take, you know, take on. I don't remember who the fuck it was, but um, I want to see. I actually do want to see Dominic and Rey Mysterio go out a little bit. Depends on how ring ready Dominic is. I mean, how good is this kid in the ring? He did a frog splash last night on Lesnar, but. Again, I, I, he's kind of unknown to most of mm-hmm. us. We don't know what, what he's capable of doing. He's, def, he's a lot bigger than his dad. We know that. But how good is he in the ring? That's the whole thing. Well, is you know what? Like but it could be a Gaga match where yeah. Rey Mysterio, not that he goes easy on his son, but, you know, he like, you know, maybe his son challenges him and Ray's like, look, you're not ready. You're not ready. And then Ray goes in the ring, kind of like backs off of his son a little bit, you know, going easy on him. And then his son just fucking starts going bonkers, like not saying attacking his father, but just showing it. The guy actually could do some moves. I mean, from what people have told me and from the little bit I've seen online, you know, Lance Storm definitely deserves a, a lot of credit for the, the 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 training of Dominic. And Dominic is better than a lot of people think. Is he polished, you know, established? Could he be a regular weekly guy in the ring? No. But I think it's an intriguing storyline, and he could wrestle enough that even if his father does beat him, and that kind of teases a little bit of dissension or jealousy down the line, I think Dominic, in a, as far as being jealous that his father's champion, I think that would be a great storyline. Yeah, I think it's a good storyline. I agree. Uh, again, it depends on how good he is in the ring, and Ray probably wouldn't want him to do an angle with him if he didn't feel he was ready. But I don't for WrestleMania. You're talking something like that. Um, you know, WrestleMania is only about four months away, and the road to WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, we're already approaching December first. Almost, almost five months. Yeah. No, it's it's like what it's WrestleMania? In April, it's in April. April. It's, well, it's April, like right? April first week in April. Anybody in the chat, um, shout out to both chats, by the way. What When is WrestleMania? What day exactly? Um, somebody will post it in, in a second. But yeah, June, think, tw- June 24th. That's <laughs> not right. Yeah, June 24th. Um, <laughs> April 5th. 67th. April 5th. So okay. we're about four and a half months away. About, yeah, about four and a half months away. And, you know, Royal Rumble is right around the corner. And that obviously starts you know, leading into the road to WrestleMania. I don't know if Ray would keep that title until Mania. I mean, anything's possible, but, you know, maybe you don't have Dominic versus Ray at Mania, but maybe you have it two months from now. Yeah, that's probably like Royal Rumble. Yeah, possibly Royal Rumble. I mean, they could possibly even do it on an episode of Raw. I mean, I, I just, I think it's got to go that way. And I think um, Umberto and Ray having some matches in the ring. I think that's a nice rub for Ray to give Umberto because Umberto obviously has a uh, a steep hill to climb. I like him. I think he's better as a heel. Those dimples are heel dimples easily. Um, I wish the OC would have cut his hair tonight when they attacked him. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, Umberto needs a good rub. And I think some great matches with Ray Mysterio, I think, especially handshakes after, I think it's yeah. the right way to go. Some Berto and Dominic form some sort of heel team or heel faction, which would be interesting. That would be very interesting because they both have goofy haircuts and they both would be <laughs> like cocky, smug Latinos. I I could see that. Absolutely. 
Shazzy saying the Mexa calls, the Mexa, the Mexa uncalls. Uh, we call uh, them, we call them the Mexa fools. The Mexa fools would be what I like. The Mexa yeah, fools. Yeah. Who knows? They could form an alliance. I mean, Humberto, you got to turn that guy heel at some point. He's just too, he's just too cutesy for his own good. Yeah. Those are heel dimples. I mean, yeah. my God, it's like, it's not even close. I mean, the, the guy should, but you know what? Having some respect shown his way in, in the beginning, obviously will help him get a little bit of a, a nice rub, but you know, what he has to start doing is start acting like he doesn't need other people's respect. And that will start rubbing people the wrong way. Right now, too many fans are still indifferent of Umberto. Well, it's funny. You know, you got to say the Latin community is well represented on Monday Night Raw because you're forgetting about Andrade, who is, is supposed to be going to another level. Uh, you know, you got Umberto, you got uh, Mysterio, possibly his son. You got, honestly, uh, Kev? Velasquez. You know, honestly, you the, I don't mean to interrupt you. But WWE is well respect, well represented everywhere. It's amazing because the more diverse WWE gets, the more these morons accuse them of being racist. Now, look, um, you could have racism in, racism in your heart and give different ethnic groups groups opportunity, no question. But what pisses me off, and what pissed me off about the whole ACH thing is if you're going to, you know, uh, accuse racism, you know, there are hundreds of employees in WWE. You're mm -hmm. painting an awfully broad brush by just labeling WWE racist. If you're going to make that accusation, have the balls to name the people that you're talking about. Have the right. balls to put the names out there. And when you don't do that, it's a cop-out in my opinion. But you look at WWE I mean, from Australia to England to Japan to Mexico to, I mean, across the board. I mean, mm -hmm. almost every other wrestler that cuts a promo has an international accent to their voice from Buddy Murphy, the icon. I mean, it's just up and down. You look at WWE's roster from 10 years ago, and it is yeah. nowhere near as diverse it is now. WWE is more diverse than it's ever been. Definitely. Um, not even, not even a question. Now, of course, it seems that some people obviously have a harder time getting an opportunity than others. But once again, if you're going to have the balls to accuse racism, then have the balls to name it, you know, put yeah. a name behind it to just say WWE is racist. Uh, that's a, that's a pussy move. Yeah, it's a blank statement. And again, you're right, DT. Go back even 30 years when we were watching in the 80s. You had Tito Santana representing the Latin community, literally. Rick Martel was, and the Rougeaus were the Canadians. And you had, you know what I mean? It's every day. There one or two guys who had that spot, yeah. like from, from that ethnicity. SD Jones and Tony Atlas were the African Americans. And that, you know, it's, it, it was so clear and cut that way. Today, forget about it. It's a vast difference. I Pedro think Morales in the early Morales, 70s. Yeah, in the early mm -hmm. 70s for Hispanics, Bruno for the Italians. Well, you had Dominic Danucci was the secondary Italian next to Bruno. So it's like they had different ethnicities, but they were very, you had, that's, that's why no one wanted to lose their spot, literally. Mm -hmm. yeah. Didn't want to lose that spot. When they brought in JYD, he, had the, he, was, the, he was the African-American. He was the guy for the black community. Uh, in WWF at that time, there really wasn't anybody else. Atlas wasn't even here then when he was there. Rocky Johnson was already gone. Mm -hmm. Once Rocky Johnson left, they got JYD. 
Uh, and now, again, I think everybody's represented really well, but the Latin community especially is represented. And listen, it's a worldwide fan base. I mean, even Saudi Arabia, they have guys from Saudi Arabia now, literally, you know? So, yeah. I mean, uh, the, everyone's represented. I, you know, to me, I just, that water off a duck's back when I hear yeah, that. Like absolutely. That. I, I, I agree. I mean, you know, it's just, again, you know, if you're not going to call individual people out, and not only that, if it's for the culture, why would you not want people to know specific individuals who are be acting racist? That's true. You know what I mean? Like if if I'm working for an employer and somebody is sexually harassing me or, you know, being racist towards me and I'm warning other people in the company, look, be very careful. You know, you want to let people make people aware of who are the ones that are the problem. And why, if it's really for the culture, why would you not publicly warn other African-Americans in WWE? You know, be very careful of this. And and don't give me, well, you could contact them privately. Personally, if you have a problem with your employer, and you and I have talked about this in the past, mm-hmm. you know, it seems that, you know, the pussy move now is whenever you, uh, you know, you're not happy with your employer, you tweet about it. You know, from Sincata to, you know, to others. I mean, you know, how's about... All right, you know, you're not happy. Ask for your release privately and leave. You know, to to write these statements online, you know, I'm not happy no more and I did this. I mean, those are people that just want to be coddled. They want, you know, uh, human pillows to make them feel worthy. I mean, Sincata and others, you know, if you're not happy, just fucking quit. Why do we need to know that you're totally unhappy and you're asking for your release? Why? Because he needs thousands of Twitter followers to remind him that he is important, that he is an asset, that assurance. he is a talent. It's a drug. Assurance. It's assurance. Yeah, assurance. Almost like with our pets, DT. You know, you had a dog. I have a cat. Well, I, I still have a cat. But I'm saying I do my daily assurance with her because she's, need, you know, need, needs to know, you know, I'm okay. You know, I'm giving you attention. It's like, it's really, it's like a pet thing. Um, people need that too. And I think, listen, 25 years ago when you turned in your resignation, did you ever think that you'd go online on the computer and re- re- put, print the statement out for everybody to read in the office? Yeah. No, you gave it to you, gave it to your, you gave it to your boss and he looked at it and uh, the secretary looked at it and approved it. And then, uh, you know, thank you, Mr. Scandato for your 20 years. And, uh, here's a, here's, here's your, uh, pension or whatever. But again, everyone's like, yeah, I'm going to put this online because I want everyone to know how hard I worked. You um, know what I mean, it's like, come on, that's ridiculous. Jeff Jarrett, when he left to go to WCW, whether how bad the falling out is or not, Lex Luger showing up on Nitro. If social media was around back then, I can almost guarantee that almost every person who left one company to the other would not have tweeted about it. You would not have seen Jericho, Benoit, Malenko, Perry Saturn, Shane Dunn. You wouldn't have seen any. And you know what? Just to, just to prove it to everyone that since she didn't have social media at that time, there was dirt sheets that they could have done interviews with and right. just, you know, just basically announced like, I'm not happy. I want out. And this, uh, of course, the dirt sheets were reporting it as gossip and it was news, but you didn't see any of these people that were fucking voicing out. I, I'm just not happy. I, I, after all these years, blah, 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 I'm not using there's a lot of pussies in 2019. Hell of a lot of pussies. Nice people, but very insecure people. 
Dude, I got news for you. The other day, a, a high school friend of mine and someone was telling me, did you see what, uh, I don't want to say, say her name, posted on Facebook? I'm like, no. He goes, go to her page. And she gives a whole proclamation about why she left her husband and tells everybody her business. I'm like, what is she doing? Like, and it was like, you know, this is in case anybody wants to know what happened between me and Steve. I'm like, yo. And I was even like, oh my God, I was cringing. I'm like, what is she doing? And she's like married to the guy for like 25 years and feels a need to go online and tell everyone why she broke up with her husband. I'm Mm -hmm. like, that, that is just, uh, this is how crazy it's gotten. And I know the two, I know the two of them since they were teenagers. The one I love the most is the people who got no birthday wishes online and then they'll tweet. And they'll go on Facebook and say, I want to thank everybody for the birthday wishes. Even though they got no birthday wishes, but they but they have <laughs> to go on every social media platform. They almost have to hire jets to put the smoke in the clouds to thank everybody for the birthday wishes. Why? So they could get birthday wishes. Oh, man. I just, yeah. You know, everybody, I don't normally do this, but, you know, I got to thank, <laughs> I have to thank everybody who sent me birthday wishes. It really made me feel good. And I got, I, I love you all. And meanwhile, that's just to get everybody to be like, oh, fuck, happy birthday, happy belated birthday. Oh, dude, I didn't even realize. Happy birthday. Right. So it's much good. insecure people out there, man. It's just. They're, it's set, they're setting uh, social media traps for their friends. <laughs> that's what they're doing. It's, a, tra- it's called trapping. That's what some of my friends said the other day. It's when you lure your friends in to say complimentary things about you. It's called a trap. Yeah. So it's like it's a it's a fa- it's a fa- it's a social media trap, but uh yeah I mean again remember in the old days when like a uh, Playboy or Penthouse magazine would be like this never happens to me but this crazy sexual thing happens <laughs> that's the new that's the new thing like you just said I don't normally do this but <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you don't normally do it because it wasn't available to you years ago that's why you're doing it now in in wrestling you know, when people are desperate for attention, they'll do this. And you haven't done this and neither have I and almost everybody out there has never done it, but you've read it mm-hmm. every month. Someone who is desperate to start a conversation, they'll write something like, uh, and I saw a girl write it today and I'm sorry, you know, if anybody that's friends with her, but she writes there, um, you know, the, the Undertaker badass character was terrible there. I said it. I don't care if it's an unpopular opinion. The Undertaker's American badass character was terrible. There, I said it. Nobody oh, I fucking. I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. Nobody I asked you to talk about it in the first place, but that's someone who's trying to stand out so they could get reaction back. And I'm like, you know what? You know, go take your two fingers and go fucking play with yourself in another room. <laughs> you know, seriously. I mean, nobody uh, fucking asked you in the first place. And and anyway, even if you felt that way, you know, like, why don't why do you have to act like it's such an outlandish thing there? I said it. Anyway, you know, you know what that was? The, no, not to cut you off, DT. You know what that was? It was because everyone was and and because it was deservingly so praising the interview with Steve Austin. Well, that's, what I was gonna, that's why I brought it up. Yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah, it was it was great. And I think someone felt, you know what? I'm going to piss on this parade and say, I don't like the Undertaker. And, and listen, my brother John's not the biggest Undertaker fan, too. And my brother said, I'm going to get mad hate. And my brother keeps that very secretive because he knows he's got enough heat on him with Becky Lynch. But he even said, I respect the Undertaker. I'm not a fan, but I totally respect his game, his hustle, his everything. So, you know, exactly. That's the right thing to say. But people were giving a lot of love to that uh, interview today. So, of course, you had to have some people go, I got to be honest, not really don't like the Undertaker. I'm like, that's not the point. 
Yeah. I'd say, you know, and what, what do you feel the need to say that for? He wasn't wrestling. It was a fucking interview. Well, let me ask you this, because you've seen it. Yeah. I have not seen it okay. yet. Last night from doing the contest. And, you know, I got to apologize for anybody earlier that saw, you know, the um, the early entry thing that I was doing. Like I always say on the predictions contest, when we announce it on this show, that's when it's official. And everybody needs to understand that I use old templates because it's a lot quicker for me to you know, just change the names and this, this, and that. And I used an old template earlier and people thought that certain people won who shouldn't have won, even though the people who I originally, you know, posted earlier, they didn't even see it. But, um, so I just last night from doing the contest and a few other things, I never got the opportunity to see Undertaker and Austin, but I am going to watch it tonight as soon as we're done over here. Um, what was your thoughts on it? Cause I have read a lot of people's reaction online and they said, you know, with the exception of shoot interviews that are, you've been around for 20 plus years, one of the most enjoyable interviews that they've ever seen. Absolutely. It was fantastic. I mean, and so people know it wasn't some, you know, typical Gaga WWE love fest. He actually even talked about Buzz Sawyer. And if anybody in the chat knows who Buzz Sawyer, you know who he is. Yeah, sure. Talked about not only was he a scumbag of a person, but Undertaker actually took his dogs that Buzz left behind, two Rottweilers, in a pen and abandoned ship uh, on everyone who gave him money for the wrestling school. Undertaker got into full detail about why he doesn't like Buzz Sawyer and what kind of a scumbag person Buzz Sawyer was. And Steve Austin was saying, yeah, I knew Buzz. He was a tough guy. He goes, he was a tough guy, but not much of a human being. That's He was shooting. I mean, he really, really was. Buzz Sawyer, like my brother John's like, how many people don't know who Buzz Sawyer is right now? I'm like, yeah, probably, but they'll look him up. And uh, he talked about how he took uh, two Buzz, abandoned his house, cleared it out, and left two dogs there. And Taker took him and got them good homes and stuff, and he got into that. But he got into a lot of stuff about that him and Steve were not that close. Two Texas boys grew up the same way, same exact age, same background, but they were not tight in the, in the back, and they admitted that. And they even said, Steve said he was to himself, and Taker had his uh, Bone Street crew with the guys that he was down with. They talked about him and the Soul Taker, how far he goes back with Papa Shango, how Taker got Papa Shango in the WWE, uh, which I knew about because he was boys with him from Memphis. They covered everything. They went from training with Buzz, from playing basketball to being uh, the Punisher under a mask, wrestling Bruiser Brody with the Von Erichs. And Undertaker even squashed the rumor that he debuted in 1984, according to his Wikipedia, which he did not. He debuted in 1986. Not, and, and Austin even said to him, dude, 84, you were in high school. You just got out of high school. He goes, I did not debut well, in 84. Well, you know what? I no. got to give you and I credit. Mm -hmm. Because anybody that goes back to the Minority Report days, for many, many years, we used to always joke about Undertaker's age. We would always <laughs> joke about his age because people were just wrong online. And then we would joke about Jay Lethal's age, that Jay Lethal yeah. was always 19. But The Undertaker, for many years online, they had the wrong years. And, you know, of course, we didn't know exactly his debut because we didn't have it on video. But for the most part, we knew that they were off by a few years. And at some points, there were people that thought that it was being done deliberately to hide The Undertaker's age. Mm -hmm. And I remember somebody brought... And the funny thing is, because when somebody published the high school yearbook photo of Undertaker, which does look kind of comical... You would yeah, think that since they posted the yearbook, 
common sense, you could do the math and figure out what year he graduated. You know, because if yeah. you have a senior year high school yearbook, unless you were left back a couple of times or you were a genius and skipped a grade mm-hmm. by figuring out if you were in senior year, you were probably 17 years old. Correct. And he 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 said it and you guys will hear it. He graduated 1983. He told Austin Austin graduated the same year. 1983, he graduated. He was on the independent circuit briefly in 86 when Buzz was training him. And 87 is when he had his first full year in wrestling under a mask as the Punisher, mm-hmm. wrestling as a job guy for the Von Erichs. Mm-hmm. So you'll see it. He'll clear up everything. Uh, him and Austin, same exact age. And I, like I said, I had no idea they were not tight back then. They, they worked together well. They said they got along. They were cool. But they were not buddies, and 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 Austin says he couldn't. But and they were saying that they couldn't believe that they weren't better friends. So I thought that they were chummy and everything. And they and Austin just said he was by himself. And Austin would say I was a ornery prick sometimes. And and uh, Taker would say he hung out with a specific one, hung out with specific people. But it was a great interview. They covered everything. The badass character on the Taker coming back and feeling he looked pretty heavy when he first came back. Didn't like the way he looked. He looked kind of bloated. Uh, but Austin played some clips and Austin was just going wham, wham. But he's like, throw it. And he's going hit Shane McMahon. You hit. And it's just funny. They're going through clips and they're talking about the clips while they're showing them on the screen. They're drinking. They're having toast. They're drinking whiskey together. It was fantastic. I love the format way better than the Stone Cold podcast. It was just a real comfortable, relaxed format. It went uh, 95 minutes. I think it was an hour and a half plus. Okay. All right. It was re- really good. You guys will enjoy it. It was a lot of fun. You don't have to be a huge taker, but it's those are two. Talk about it's like to me, DT. You know what that was like? Uh, De Niro and Pacino sitting across from each other. Uh, Eastwood and Stallone. Uh, that's what it reminded me of. Two the biggest names, and they both look pretty damn good for fifty five. You know, fifty four. Yeah. And and Taker's in great shape, and he talks about Michelle and his his family and everything. It was not your typical WWE dribble. He they discussed everything. And talked about being backstage and being pissed off on the Taker. Talked about the time he was mad at Vince and wanted to punch Vince. And uh, even showed a clip in the ring where he was generally upset during an angle. And you'll see, I don't want to give it all away, but you'll see a specific time where he even said he wanted to go and punch Vince McMahon when he got to the back for putting him in this bad position. And you'll see what he's talking about when you watch the program. Mm, okay. All right. Very good stuff. Yeah. Excellent stuff. The one thing from reading the recap that I was really glad about, and Mish and I talked about it very recently on Breakfast Soup, is you know there was a lot of comments and thoughts over the years that Undertaker absolutely did not like the American badass character. And we look back on it, and I fucking loved the American badass character. I love it too. I love it too. That's who he is. Yeah. And I honestly think that I would have preferred to have had the American badass character now because, you know, it's more of a, you know what I mean? Yeah. They use them now for spectacle and it's all, you know, show and he obviously could do a little bit in the ring, but American badass, I don't know. I just enjoyed it a hell of a lot when it was around. It's not my favorite undertaker character of all time but i enjoyed american badass and i was glad to hear uh well to read that he was talking about how that character was absolutely necessary yeah and he actually talked about transferring it into big evil and how big evil was not 
the American badass. It was a different character. It was it was turning. It was changing. And then when he came back, if you remember at the Madison Square Garden, when he came back, put the hat on again and donned the Undertaker, Undertaker gear, uh, it, it was slow but sh- it was slowly but surely happening. And he talked about why he did it. And according to Austin, uh, the American Badass was a big success. He actually sold a lot of merch. Austin was putting it over big time that it came back at the right time. And crowd popped big for it. It was not a failure. American Badass is not considered a flop in the Annals of Wrestling. No, absolutely not. I thought it was great. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to watch it tonight. I definitely recommend everybody check it out. And uh, I think uh, people will appreciate it. And look, I've said for the last couple of years that WWE was going to really start domesticating The Undertaker, really humanizing him. And I think this is probably the the furthest they ever went to really humanize in the Undertaker. I think he within five years that man will be put in the WWE Hall of Fame. He oh, will. Yeah, and he, did they talk yeah. about that yesterday? Did he, he, he talked also, about? They talked about not sitting in the in the general audience with the uh, with the people in the Hall of Fame. Um, the one thing that they didn't talk about, he didn't talk about much. Uh, was Paul Barrow, which I found interesting. Nothing, not, nothing, no animus or anything like that towards Paul Barrow. Just very brief about uh, Paul Barrow. Very brief. Talk more about mankind than he did about Paul Barrow. It's it probably, was, it it's probably still a sensitive. Yeah, it's probably a sensitive topic. And and actually, Kane didn't come up too much either. They had to cover so much ground with thirty years with this guy. But if you want to hear about the early years of him trading with Buzz in the in the front yard of Buzz's house where neighbors were going by, and Undertaker was doing rollovers in the grass, it's a funny story where he's like, "There's no ring. I gave you twenty five hundred dollars." <laughs> it was funny, and Buzz is like, "This is the beginning of your trading." Undertaker goes back with his friends after going out for lunch and Buzz has cleared out his entire house and he left town. He went to uh, the territory and Undertaker said in fairness to Buzz, he got a gig in uh, NWA and had to move out. You know, he was back then you're, you're going from territory to territory, but he should have told his students who gave him $2,500. <laughs> it was pretty funny when he said that. He goes, yeah, we go to Buzz's house. There's nobody there but two Rottweilers. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, um, tonight on Raw, and I posted the picture of it, and uh, if anybody, and I even posted the link where you could actually buy it. Um, you know, they did the progression of the storyline where Rusev is now served with papers. He obviously didn't uh, listen to it, so he attacked um, Lashley. Since Lana was in close distance, Rusev was arrested, and uh, what a lot of people were wondering is the shirt that Rusev was wearing. And I posted the link on my Twitter at Don Tony D. And for anybody that, you know, was curious, uh, the shirt said, what the hell is a dim Mac? That oh, okay. shirt is actually from the movie Bloodsport starring wow. Jean-Claude Van Damme. And it is a really cool fucking shirt. Some people I saw on social media were actually wondering, like, you know, like, did, did somebody bleed? Like, what were the drops on it? That's actually the design of the shirt. If you want to see a close-up of what that logo looks like, go on my Twitter. But if you want to buy the shirt, it's a company called PreservedDragons.com. It's a Canadian company, but, you know, the shipping costs are fairly reasonable. And you could buy the actual shirt that Rusev was wearing. But that was, um, you know, a little tribute to the movie Bloodsport. Oh, that's Bloodsport. Yeah, I was trying to figure out where that was from, the Bloodsport. That's right. Yeah, so... uh, Uh, You know, the storyline is what it is. I mean, I just can't wait for WrestleMania to come and go in this way. 
You know, I I, I just want to see if the storyline gets so stupid that, you know, maybe Lashley puts Lana up like the winner of the match gets Lana. I, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but it feels so stupid right now. It's like, I think the only way you finish this storyline is Rusev maybe keeps getting, you know, fucked up. And Lana starts showing a little sympathy or maybe Lashley, you know, puts his hands on Lana and Rusev saves her and Lana falls for Rusev again. And the rest is history. Uh, I still wish Leo Rush was still part of that storyline. I'll tell you one thing, though. Rusev showed some real passion tonight and, and really intensity and exactly the fire that we needed him to show that he was into this angle. And he showed it tonight. He definitely... He laid it into Lashley, and he looked pissed off. Lana was annoying with the yelling and screaming at him, but Rusev did a good job tonight. Yeah, yeah. So um, trying to think what else. We'll talk about Seth Rollins in a minute, but um, as far as matches tonight, I mean, I don't know if anybody even realized it, but when Lashley and Titus O'Neil had their match, it only lasted a minute. When AOP took on Hawkins and Ryder, it only lasted a minute. When Buddy Murphy took on Matt Hardy, it only lasted two and a half minutes. You know, so you 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 look at it. I mean, the majority of tonight, you know, look, Charlotte versus Oscar. I thought it would have been a cool way if Charlotte wants to get revenge on Oscar that Charlotte spits the mist into Oscar's yeah. eyes, give oh, her a cool. taste of her own medicine. But no, we don't get that. Oscar once again spits in Charlotte's eyes. Get she gets pinned because you know apparently your shoulders are frozen to the mat when you get ink, you know, spit in your face. <laughs> Um, but then as soon as you're pinned, you're just rolling around like your body's, you know, on fire. Uh, I, I, you know, I love the mist and everything, but I still think, you know, if you don't want Charlotte to win tonight, let us spit the mist in Oscar's eyes and get disqualified. Oscar still gets the win. You know, I just, it was a 17 minute match and I enjoyed the match quite a bit, but eh, the way it ended was, eh, you know. I don't, I, I don't know. What'd you think of all that? Uh, the match was just, itself was okay. I thought they'd have better chemistry. There's, there seems to be some like little misses here and there amongst moves, move sets between them. Kyrie Sane was really annoying. I actually wanted Charlotte Flair to, to hit her outside <laughs> the ring. She makes that face all that goes, that'll wipe that smile off her face for a moment. You know what? I'm so glad you brought up Loyola because I got to okay. say this tonight. I don't know if anybody noticed it tonight, but tonight was the first night in a long, long, long fucking time that Jerry Lawler was back. No puppy stuff, obviously, and sexual references, but Jerry Lawler was back to his wise-ass instigating, you know, just real, like, just vintage Lawler, you know, taking shots at the crowd, taking shots at the baby faces. Lawler, I fucking thought, was great tonight. And... You know, a lot of people are asking it and anybody look again, where all everybody's wrestling sources, all these exclusive sources everybody has. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on with Dio Madden. But if you follow his social media, he's been showing pictures of him when he was wrestling. So I'm starting to wonder if Dio Madden is going to be returning to the ring on a full time basis and maybe WWE has decided you know, for the foreseeable future to have two man teams on raw two man teams on SmackDown. Yes. NXT 
has Beth Phoenix, you know, uh, along with Ronaldo and Nigel McGuinness. Yeah. But um, I tell you, man, uh, Vic Joseph, I have warmed up to tremendously. Oh, he's good. He's he, good. you know, he's like a combination of Michael Cole and Joey Styles. Of course, he's not yes. as knowledgeable with the move sets, but he's got energy now. When he first was on, you know, now I realized that it was nerves and trying to find his spots. This guy it just controls you know, and just with the play-by-play. And I thought the commentating tonight, the dynamic between the two of them was the best that they have had so far. I agree with you. Did Julia Lawler say, and somewhere Charlotte's dad, Ric Flair, is looking down on her, and Vic Joseph goes, King, Ric Flair's not dead. <laughs> he was He was throwing a lot of digs tonight. It was funny, though. That was fun. I generally was drinking something. I was spit out my drink. I was like, that was funny. You, know, you want to know something? He's not dead. J- J- um, someone in the chat, post Jerry Lawler's age and post Jim Ross's age. And the only reason why I'm bringing it up is not to throw shade at Jim Ross. I know a lot of people are throwing shade at Jim Ross. I, I give him a pass for all the years that he's entertained. And, you know, he lost his wife, which he is devastated upon devastated. Yeah, he's, never, they, he's never got over he, that. He he's will not. never, ever get over it. And wrestling is a release for him. It's not strictly about money for that a lot of people think. But the thing is, Jim Ross is 67 years old. And thank you for doing that, Eddie yeah, and David. Thanks, guys. Jerry Lawler is older yeah, than Jim Ross. And Jerry Lawler tonight, 69 years old, uh, was so sharp. I mean, he could be, it could be 20 years ago and maybe he's not as great as when he was 50, but for a 69 year old being that sharp and that quick, well, it, it was just, I loved it. I just really appreciated a 70 year old commentator. He's, he's going to be 70 DT in, in how many days? Yeah. Very, very it's short about November, November, November 29th. Uh, Jerry Law is 70 candles. Yeah. Four days. I mean, you know, I I I follow JBL, one of very few wrestlers that I follow. And the I'm one blocked, I'm, I'm blocked. I, uh, I, I, I am I have Jerry. really changed my feelings on JBL over the years. It's amazing. I mean, I just really appreciate that guy. What that guy does uh in the African countries for for the 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 less privileged and just, you know, people who are poor. I don't think anybody understands what this guy does. If anybody had a clue, you'd be shocked. But the one thing that stuck out with me, and it's weird how sometimes people say and do things that just really, you know, affect your life. JBL has actually affected my life. And I'm not kidding. This is not, you know, blowing, you know, out of proportion. Um, I have said for the last two, three years that I do a boatload of reading, studying, you know, just trying to learn a lot of tech stuff and always, you know, especially Mish, picking his brain about loads of shit. My office, politics, I am constantly trying to expand my knowledge. And one of the reasons is not boredom or loneliness because I got a lot of shit going on. But the one thing that I became very afraid of, that I started seeing with my dad, I started seeing with some customers, I started even seeing it with some of my friends. 
JBL was talking a couple of years ago on how, you know, with all the concussions that he has had, that he always plays chess and does things to keep his brain stimulated because keep his, mind he, sharp, yeah. keep his mind sharp because he thinks that if he doesn't keep trying to expand his knowledge that, you know, he thinks that that is preventing, you know, some of the brain issues from mm. all the abuse over the years. And when I started reading on that and seeing scientific evidence that, you know, keeping yourself busy mentally not even physically, but mentally and reading and challenging and, you know, just trying to learn things that it actually can, you know, wave off, you know, like there's a great way to put it. You know, my father has a fractured back right now and had no right. business going to Florida, but he had no choice. My father, even though he fractured vertebrae in his back, he won't stop like doing things and going out. And he told, you know, my mom, not, you know, maybe a month ago that my father's afraid that the day that he decides that, all right, you know, I'm going to kick back, relax, enjoy the rest of my life, you know, go on vacations, take it easy. You know, he thinks that the minute he stops that busy life, that he's going to turn into a vegetable. You know, yeah. your brain becomes relaxed and you start, you know, your mobility and your cognitive, cognitive yeah. um, functions. And it's true when some people just give up on, you know, just all that energy, you know, it's like they just, you know, debilitate almost immediately. Uh, and I, I agree with you. My mom is 76, retired from the bank at 70, but the last six years she's a teacher's aide voluntarily four days a week to keep her mind out there, being around kids, being around teachers. Uh, it's the same thing to stay active as a senior. And my mother's in a lot better shape now than she was in her mid-60s. Yeah. I have, better a, condition now. I have a customer right now. She's 96 years old. Mm -hmm. And she comes in and we talk about a few things and I'm just sitting there in amazement on how sharp she is. She's sharp as a fucking knife. And, yeah. you know, I'll say to, you know, sometimes I'm nice and I'll say, listen, I got to go do a bank drop. Would you like for me to drive you home? Because she doesn't drive. Uh, you know, she comes in and she pays insurance for her husband. She's got house yeah. insurance with me. And she'll be like, no, I'm going to walk to the drugstore and then I'm going to go pick up some things and go to the library and this and that. And I'm saying to myself, my God, this woman is 96 and she's walking yeah. blocks and doing this and doing that. You know, it's God bless her. But, um, you know, Jerry Lawler, this is a perfect example of a guy who is up there in age and is still sharp as a knife. And, yep. you know, he, with the money that he has and everything, plus I also think with the death of his son, yeah. you know, that that, I mean, my God, you lose your son. I mean, you know, it's I don't, there's no way to even understand what that pain feels like. But, you know, you see Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross, you know, a lot of people say, why do these two guys still need to commentate? Well, you know what? Both of them are around 70. Both of them suffered tragic, tragic deaths to their, to their, you know, closest, you know, members of their family, one a wife and one a son. And all you've been around for 30, 40, 50 years is pro wrestling. Pro wrestling seems to what make them, makes them happy the most. 
And, you know, I can't, you know, not, you know what, who was the uh, commentator for the Mets that um, Ralph Kiner, you remember oh, Ralph yeah. Kiner, the of last, course, the last couple of years when he would go in a commentating booth. Yeah. And he was getting a little bit lost there. Yeah. You, a lot of people that don't live in our neck of the woods. If you want to look it up for yourself, go on YouTube. There are quite a few videos there. Just look up Ralph Kiner, final one, two years of his life doing guest commentary for the Mets. Yeah. And when you listen to him, he had strokes. Like you could, and I'm not making fun of him, but you, at some points, you couldn't even understand what he was saying. Dude, and it happened to Dick, Dick Clark. It happened to. Yeah. Remember. I mean, yeah. and they would still bring him in every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday. So um, I really appreciate the uh, the work that Jerry Lawler did tonight, putting in perspective his age, you know, the fact that, you know, he hasn't done this full time in a while. And, you know, with the death of his son and his health issues, the guy fucking almost died in the commentating chair. That's got to, what, 10 years ago already? A little less, I think, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I thought it was great tonight. But uh, he was funny tonight. He was, uh, he was on point tonight, and he was being the, like you said, as close to the old Jerry Lawler without crossing that line of perversion. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. he, was, he was good, though. He was good, though. What do you think's in uh, Eric Rowan's cage? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to say, uh, I'd like to say a rat, maybe, like a big rat. Or uh, I can't imagine. Does, I'm curious with the chat room. Anybody have a guess? What do you think it is? I think it's the mask that he used to wear or, or a variation of it. You think you don't think it's a rat or, or mm. a, a, a... I don't think it's anything of, uh, alive. It's nothing alive. I think it might be... Um, I think it might be uh, his mask. A possum? A possum? Could it be a possum? I don't think it's anything alive. Mm. I mean, he just the way that he's talking to it, like... If he had like a a ferret or a rat, a or, ferret, yeah, you know, or, or you know what I mean, like why would you hide it? You know, yeah. I, I mean, unless they found it, you know, like some like rare ferret with like three feet or like four eyes and three ears and just some really weird looking animal. But I just no, I just don't think it's anything living. I think it's a prop. It's Luke Harper's passion for wrestling. Yeah, right. I don't know what <laughs> Jesus. But, oh man. I don't know what I, I I yeah, and I guess if it was something living, it would literally move the cage. I mean, it didn't look like it was moving. Right? Yeah, I don't think it is, but yeah. I'll tell you this guy Kyle Roberts fucked up tonight because I, I I don't think he was supposed to lift the uh the cover as much as he did and you know if this son of a bitch has got social media every fucking goof out there is going to be contacting him insisting what was under the thing what was under the thing what was under the thing i think yeah. he was supposed to tease that he was going to look and then yeah. get his ass kicked but i think he lifted the cover a little bit too much <laughs> i really do i think he fucked up tonight yeah he probably did yeah they're using these these Area job guys now on a regular, it seems, on Raw. Emperor Weed, what the fuck are you talking about? I never laugh at stuff. I you fucking just laughing all night tonight. Are, are, are you, I, I mean, are you legitimately stoned? I mean, seriously, are you fucking kidding me? He's the weed demon. Oh, man. Go smoke. Oh, God. Uh, so, anyway, um, Seth Rollins tonight. You know, look, 
It's weird because when he came out for his match with Kevin Owens, he was still slapping hands with some fans. And, you know, I think, you know, I know you had talked a little while leading up to this about Rollins turning heel. Uh, Mish a while back had even said almost to the T that Rollins should start berating the roster for work ethic and have Owens stun him. Um, but you know, when we had that convo on breakfast soup, uh, about a month ago, there was a third person involved, not Becky Lynch. Cause you know, we were joking like, Oh, Becky Lynch could verbally slap some sense into Seth Rollins, like snap out of it. You know, I think we even joked with like moonstruck with share slap, out, snap out of it. But, um, somebody is, uh, trying to do favors for Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins cutting a promo tonight a la Triple H in 2011. I don't know if anybody remembers when Triple H was right, yeah. doing the state of the uh, the Raw roster and everybody started walking out on Triple H. It was kind of a carbon copy of that. But uh, Seth Rollins, you know, basically telling some wrestlers that they dropped the ball and they were leaving and... Uh, you know, Seth Rollins earlier saying AOP, where were you yesterday? And but the funny thing is, is that, you know, one thing I thought was sloppy tonight was they were talking about how the raw roster disappointed yesterday. Yeah. And but yet they never fucking put any props to the Viking Raiders, you know, oh. for coming out on top. I mean, they were talking about how, you know, like nobody delivered. I'm like, motherfucker, the Viking Raiders, where where's their love? Their one win. The one win they got was them. Yeah. They won that their match. The, that was the one win. I like when he when he see, I thought it was a heel turn when he told Ray Mysterio, you and your stupid son, your stupid kid. I was like, Oh shit. There's no coming back from that. Yeah. And he when he called Seth uh Kevin Owens a piece of crap. But when he called Mysterious Son a stupid kid, I was like, uh, "This he's, he's he's turning heel. Something's going on here. This yeah. is not. How's he come back from that? He curses out Ray, one of the most loved guys in the on the roster. How's he a good guy? Like, I, what is he doing here? I thought he was going to become Seth unhinged, DT, like where well, he starts losing it, almost like the way Bret Hart was having a breakdown about you guys don't have any respect for me. Oh, uh, I I lead this this team. Oh, a la Bret Hart back in uh, what was it ninety seven. Yeah, well, you know what? If you really want to have a, a a very loose comparison of it, it's almost like when Bret Hart put the sharpshooter in Steve Austin, Steve Austin passed out, and Bret Hart yes. didn't want to break the hold. You can kind mm-hmm. of compare that to Seth Rollins tonight after Kevin yes. Owens getting get his ass kicked from AOP. Seth Rollins proceeds to hit Kevin Owens with two curb stomps. I like, yeah, I, I I agree with you. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's really what turned it around. And that was when Shamrock was refereeing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think, again, I, I don't know if this, you're right. AOP purposely didn't attack Rollins. Who's the man or woman behind this? Like, you know, that's the whole mystery. And yep. is it, is it going to force Seth Rollins' hand to become a bad guy or he'll fight the system in spite of somebody trying to make him a bad guy? Yeah. Mitch said a while back that he thinks AOP would be great henchmen. For someone 
And I thought he was gonna. I thought Rollins was gonna run up and hug him, but I yeah. Didn't, didn't you think that yet. when when they yeah. took the jackets off, like we yep. expected Rollins when he said "Come on," yeah. and then all of a sudden have this smile on his face, and you know, but you yeah. sounded just like Rollins, by the way. Come on, oh, <laughs> I did, please. I really don't want to impersonate. Oh, Rollins. good lord. Yeah, I just I I've you know I've appreciated him standing up for WWE as much as he has, but. You know, he's he's a gimmick now, and that's why it's not working with him. DT, uh, Shane McMahon makes sense because of Owen's involvement in this? Um, I'm not sure. That's the guy behind the uh, scene? It's, it's possible, but I'm not sure. Okay. I think um, the storyline has to go a lot deeper than that. I think it does, in my opinion, because, uh, you know, it, it with Kevin Owens helping... You know, uh, being on one of the war games teams, you know, it's like it, there could have been some really great teaser as far as storylines go. And then maybe it, you end up doing a swerve where everybody thinks Kevin Owens is going to turn on Raw, but it ends up being Seth Rollins instead. You know, you kind of think that that would be a cool way to go, but... You know, the way WWE is with some of these storylines, I think the problem is we overthink it sometimes. And I think if we keep it simple, we probably could figure it out a lot easier. I just don't know what they're going to do with Shane McMahon, but this is obviously um, a design to start the the storyline to lead to WrestleMania. Yeah. So we'll see see what happens. But... um, Oh, we're trying to trying to think what else went down tonight. We talked about Ray Ray. We talked about AJ and um, Ray Mysterio, which I thought was an excellent match. Matt Hardy. Back. Yes, Matt Re- Hardy came back. It's his, fine. He re- that's, by the way, for those that don't know, this was his first match on Raw in 2019. Oh, wow. It's been that long. Yeah, Jesus. it's been that long. His first match, 2019. And, you know, we were treated. Alistair Black finally fucking got out of the hotel room. Got out of the locker room. (laughs) He did. He came out. Someone uh, let him out. Uh, Matt looking uh, circa Matt version one, early 2000s. Uh, Looked like uh, his old uh, version one self. Same garb and everything. The delete, delete, delete shit is gone pretty much from Matt's whole jargon. Uh, He looks, he's old school hardy boy, even though he's in his mid 40s, but he looks good. And people like, oh, great, he's a jobber, but not for nothing, guys. What are they going to do with him? I mean, if they're not going to let him do the the deletion thing or anything. I think he's going to be putting people over. He's of that age. Everybody's not Chris Jericho. Uh, where you come back in your mid forties and you're a top guy. I think he's going to, it's not going to be a job guy, but he's going to put over guys like buddy Murphy and Alistair black. It's just going to, that's the way that's the progression of things. I don't, I don't, I don't, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't mind him trying to bring the younger talents up by losing matches. But what I don't want to see, is Matt Hardy constantly getting squashed in two, three minutes? Because Matt Hardy can still go. I I think it's better suited for Matt Hardy to have five, seven, eight minute matches, and you know let him win occasionally, but almost like the way they treated our truth. And I'm not talking about twenty four seven title. I'm talking about you know our truth was getting a little bit of momentum, winning matches. Our truth. Is not a uh, you know spring chicken anymore either. But Matt Hardy is in the best shape possibly of his life. He could still go, and to have him 
just enhance others and have literally no chance in a match, to me, I think that's just really dumb. Because Matt Hardy, you know, when you're squashed and you're just taking a beating, you're not telling any story other than you're getting your ass kicked. If Matt Hardy, let's say, went eight minutes or nine minutes with Buddy Murphy, you know, what would you rather have? Buddy Murphy squashing Matt Hardy in two and a half minutes or a four-star match where Buddy Murphy squeaks out a win? I agree with you. They should give him more. But again, it's what they see in the back. Matt is doing work in the back, and I think his thing is going to be more of a, an effective guy in the back than he's going to be in a a talent out there. I don't know. I guess it depends on what Matt's uh, arrangement is with them. You know, maybe yeah. this is Matt. Matt's like, you know, let me get in the ring. I'm in good shape. They're like, listen, you have to put guys over. Matt could be like, yeah, no problem. Like, we don't know. And plus, Jeff, who knows what Jeff's status is? I don't know. I think ultimately the WWE would love to have Jeff and Matt back as a tag team, especially nowadays with uh, them being on SmackDown. The Hardys being on that show on Fox, that would be ideal. Well, the Usos should be back pretty much any day. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm always waiting for that music. Uso, I'm always like when I see like someone's gonna come out. I'm, I'm oh, it's gonna be Usos. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised they haven't come back yet. But I think it should be before the end of the year. Oh think? no, it's gonna be literally any week now. I mean, it, it they're just about ready to bring them back to TV. So it's gonna happen sooner than later. I mean, you know, I don't know exactly what week. I mean, we don't work for them. Um, and, and, you know, all the geniuses out there with their sources don't seem to know anything. So, yeah. but, you know, from people that I have talked to a little bit, any week, I mean, it's literally any week now that they're going to make their return, but they just, when they return, they're going to make a big deal out of it. And they don't just don't want them to be thrown out there in like a fatal four way to determine a new number one contenders for a tag title or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and plus, you know, New Day versus Usos was just really overdone way too much. But with the New Day currently the tag champs, if the Usos come back, you know, especially because of SmackDown being on Fox now, they may force that match again. So Yeah, that's true. Well, Usos are on SmackDown roster? Well, I don't think they either one either oh, one oh, would draft. No, yeah, I don't they, think they either you know, they weren't drafted at all. Mm -hmm. They weren't drafted. Yeah, the free agents. Yeah, you know anybody that thinks they're on Raw or SmackDown? No, 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 no. They were for, They were not uh, drafted because of the situation. So they they could be pretty much brought in. And you know, I I personally think they're better suited to be put on SmackDown. But yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, Tazawa, you know, I we your talked. Boy. To, that's your boy. That's your boy. I said it last week, and you see it already. You know, Tazawa put on a great match last week, the week before, last night. But to me, Tazawa, they're just not going to utilize him the right away. And tonight, he got squashed in two minutes. Yep. There wasn't much of a match. And I thought against Andrade, I thought it would be. But it's funny, Andrade looks so much bigger than him. He's like twice his size. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's that pretty much was raw tonight. I, um, I know Friday, uh, Bray Wyatt is going to debut. Another puppet, which means more merchandise revenue, which uh, which is a good thing. Um, I have no idea what puppet he's going to debut, but, uh, you know, the big question is, who is he going to feud with next? That's a good question. Yeah, he handily beat uh, Daniel Bryan. Uh, Reigns is kind of preoccupied right now, I think, with Corbin. 
Um, so I'm not sure who, yeah, who would be his opponent. It's not going to be well, Kofi. You know, the the way a lot of people have read Bray Wyatt since he's been the Fiend is that everybody who he has faced are people that he crossed paths with back in the day. And he is basically um, getting revenge on all the people. I know, you know, as Bray Wyatt, he's trying to save them, but the Fiend is the one that's the monster trying to destroy everybody from Bray's past. So if you just look at Bray's matches in the past, you know, he's still got um, Braun Strowman to maybe, you know, get involved. It's a good opponent for him. I was thinking of that. Braun Strowman can yeah. occupy his time for the next couple of months. Ultimately, Roman Reigns, you know, yeah. that that one, a lot of people think may happen at Mania. I'm not so sure. I, I'm convinced that um, Bailey versus Sasha Banks has taken place at WrestleMania. That could be, yeah. That's. That I think happen. that's that's almost a guarantee. I mean, it mm-hmm. just kind of feels like that's the way. You know, Bailey says too many times, me, 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 I, 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 me, 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 and intentionally not saying we, we regarding her and Sasha. I think, and and I still think that there is a a possibility that Sasha Banks will be the baby face in this, uh, this feud that they will ultimately have. You're probably right. Yeah. So other than that, um... I think we're close to being done. We ran close to an hour. We obviously, like I said, we talked about a lot of stuff yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fallout from Survivor Series is being felt now. You know, I, I a lot of the news going on these websites is just asinine. If the pay-per-view was awesome yesterday, they would, the news would have been that Vince McMahon was extremely happy with Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. If matches were not good, like the women's main event, then you get the news. Vince McMahon was not happy with the main event. I saw it's that, just, yeah. It's common sense dumb stuff. And the funny thing is, the news about Vince towards Keith Lee, because yeah. if anybody goes back two or three days, you'll read websites where Vince McMahon thinks Keith Lee could be a monster heel on the main roster. Today, those same websites were writing that Vince McMahon thinks that Keith Lee could be one of the most beloved wrestlers on the main roster. That's in a 72-hour stretch that they totally did a 180 on their own shit. But I'm going to talk about this more on Wednesday, but I think I figured out who I can compare Keith Lee to as far as this generation, who he, not saying he'll ever be on the level of this person, but I think Keith Lee, um, as far as beloved by the fans, mm-hmm. his uh, physique, his stature, his energy, his ability, I think Keith Lee has the perfect opportunity i love the people in the chat saying mark henry ice train uh, you know nice so, i mean they, you know they're trying to bring i have not ice read train. i have not read anybody right who i'm gonna look they're just kind of, they, and the funny thing is they're all trying to compare it to black men from yesteryear yeah, i'm i'm gonna talk wednesday i think keith lee could be our generation's dusty roads that's that's a good one. I mean, he's actually in better shape than Dusty Rhodes, and he looks uh, Bam Bam. Ba- see, people saying Bam Bam Bigelow. I don't see it. I Bam Bam Bigelow Keith- never had that. Although nah. I knew Bam Bam Bigelow personally, but he never had that real intimate connection with the fans. Keith nah. Lee, I'm telling you, 
I'm telling you, when I get into it Wednesday a little bit more, especially Dusty Rhodes, you know, trained trained him a little bit. DT, can we agree that he doesn't necessarily, to tell the chat, and we love the chat room, that he doesn't have to be compared to another African-American guy. No, so I was just saying, like, they're yeah. just bringing up black Kamala. people. Yeah, it's- Come on. Junkyard dog. He looks nothing like Junkyard dog. I mean, dog. people say I'm shallow and they're like, you know, just go. I think, dog. Yeah, I think he's going to be, um, you know, this gen. He could have the possibility of being this generation's um, Dusty Rhodes, the common man, you know, the American dream and just that physical uh-huh. physique. He's not a perfect physical specimen, even though he's intimidating as fuck. He yeah. has crazy charisma, very well liked. I've been saying it for a month and a half now. He's my favorite wrestler in NXT. You think he needs a good, a cool nickname? Like no. It's just Keith, Keith Lee's a little plain, isn't it? Uh, for now, I think it's fine. Keith Lee. We need, it's got to be something. It's got to be called something. No, you know, the, the way the fans chant his name, you know, is Basket very is is fun. Yeah. But you know, right special, now. Special delivery, Lee. Nah, uh, no, no, no. Guys, rugged Keith Lee and Danny, that didn't work for rugged Ron Garvin. Jesus, nah, you know, I think he just it's his persona. Look, obviously, he's not as polished on the mic as Dusty Rhodes. Fact, no, no I don't no. think anybody is polished no. like Dusty Rhodes was, but you know, I mean, if anybody looks at very, very old vintage Dusty Rhodes promos, even when he was a heel. I mean, he was nowhere near, you know, the, the the as polished on the mic as he became the American dream and everything. But what about the African American dream, Shazzy says? That's interesting. It's possible. Yeah. But That's you know what? That's but not bad. You know why I don't like it though? Dream. Because why? you're limiting it. That's true. You know, you want to be everybody. You want to represent everybody. I think Keith Lee has that 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 possibility. I mean, I, 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 I think he's good. People, pictures of Akeem dancing. What is wrong with people? Yeah, oh, man. Uh, DT, you can appreciate this. I'm sure you saw this story, too. Uh, congrats, WWE, former WWE superstar James Ellsworth got engaged at uh, Disney this weekend. His actually fiance is pretty cute. I did. She, Same you know, man. people yeah. would joke in and say, she, you know, she of age and everything. I want, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm just going to say mm. it. You know, I fucking stuck up for that guy quite a bit in the past. I I don't do it for a thank you or an acknowledgement or anything like that. But the funny thing is, is that the very few people that actually defended him on some things way back when, you know, it's like because they're blue check marks. They just fucking, you know, like they don't pay no mind to anybody. But then when they're down and out, they look for everybody's seal of approval and forgiveness and everything like that. And I'm really, really happy for the guy. But it was like, you know what? Good for him. You know, fine. You know what I mean? Like, good. Congratulations. But, you know, it's like, you know, the guy just didn't seem to pay mind to a lot of... I'm not saying me. I'm just saying just in general. I know there were a lot Mm. of people that stuck up for him back then. And, you know, he just, you know, went off social media, did not, you know, like show any appreciation for anybody. And then Mm. when all this other controversial shit started coming out, that's when he was looking for everybody's support. That's why when I make the blue checkmark remark in a lot of situations, especially the Saudi Arabia thing, I mean, you know, I, from day one, I went totally against these stories that were, everybody was reporting, but I also said that this, this is a case of blue check marks being inconvenience. They're on the tarmac for three hours. Oh my God, my life is over. 
there's no air conditioning. Oh my God, I'm going to die. You know, yeah. I don't have any sympathy for blue check marks unless they are really a victim of a crime, if their lives are legitimately in, in jeopardy, or if something happened to them with their health or personal or family. But I have no sympathy of blue check marks when they have to deal with everyday struggles that you and I and everybody else listening goes through. You know, good. How does it feel? How does it feel when, when all those blue check marks are all the way on top of the world looking down on everybody? How does it feel when you get shot down to reality like every one of us out there? doesn't feel that good when you're, you know, ignored and bypassed and everything else. So I'm happy for him. You know, from people I talk to, he's a legitimately nice guy and, you know, got caught up in some stupid stuff. And, you know, it it is what it is. But, um, you know, good. I hope they have a great life. And trust me, uh, I guarantee you, if I post a nice little announcement Friday night, I ain't going to get a congratulations from uh, any blue check marks out there, with the exception of a couple. I, You know, they know who they are. But, um, you know, good for him. Good for him. At Disney, at Disney as well. Yeah, I think she's 23, by the way, guys, so she's of age. Yeah, okay. you know, James Ellsworth is not as old as people think he is. No, he's not. He's mid-30s. Yeah, I mean, even though he's got, like, the chin of a 65-year-old, I mean, yeah. he's not as old as people think he is. You know, when he dresses a little bit hipster and everything, he actually is quite a few years younger than us, you know? Yeah, yeah, he is. He's probably, like, 15 years younger than me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Genetic yeah. shaming. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm happy for yeah, him. No, yeah, I mean, again, you know, he bounced back from a very embarrassing. Uh, that was that was pretty embarrassing what he got caught up with two yeah. years ago. By he's the thirty four, press said he's thirty four. Okay, 34. all right. By the way, for anybody that's interested, um, if you want to check out our Patreon page this uh, this week, this past Friday we did Wild Card Friday. Believe me, I tell you, I never thought about this before. We talked about it Friday, but, you know, for anybody out there that, you know, always likes what we do and wants a little bit more, somehow we came up with this idea of who Shayna Baszler looks like. I hate to say this, and I'm sorry if this really offends anyone, but I think people understand why I'm saying this. She looks like when a seven-year-old girl gets kidnapped. And she let's and let's say there's a happy ending. Let's say that's a happy ending and they find her. But, you know, a seven year old girl that gets kidnapped 20 years ago and then they they have someone who tries to, like, draw what she would look like 20 years later. That's what her face looks like. It looks like a sketch of someone trying to bait like progression. That's that's what it looks like. Like, if you ever see those progression artists like. They seem to leave the dimples in and, you know, the, the, the extra forehead. And this, that's what she looks like. She looks like, you know, like <laughs> she's the prototype for a kidnapped sketch baby. Yeah, but, okay. but let's say she got rescued. You know, she got rescued. She ended up, she was playing oh at a God. Chuck E. Cheese for 20 years. You know, let's, let's oh yeah, she, she just survived on, you know, leftover hot dogs and <laughs> cola. So, ma'am, your daughter was taken 17 years ago. Hold on a second. And uh, I'll give you a little description there. Okay, leather. You think she's into leather jackets? Okay. I'm telling you, when you see those uh, artists that do the progression, <laughs> they always seem to leave the baby features in the photos. Like, you can see a lot of the seven-year-old in the face. That's what she Man, looks this, like. 
Mem, Mem, do you think she would look like this? So there's a picture of Shayna Baszler. Oh, oh I got to put this like at the beginning of the DTK yeah, show. Do, that's Friday on oh, Wildcard Friday. You missed this. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> she's, just, she's the prototype of a, a, a girl kidnapped 20 years later. Oh, but God, with a good, awesome. good conclusion. Yeah, it's a good conclusion they find her. Yeah, they um, found her. You know? Hey, if I was locked in a Chuck E. Cheese and, you know, nobody could find me and I just ate, like, leftover hot dogs and cola after the doors closed, I'd be playing with the balls, the video games. I'd be, you know, playing the crane machines all night long. And then, you know, when, when it's open for business, I'd hide. But seriously, I, I don't even know where that came from, but... If anybody ever looks at these artists that try to draw what like a seven-year-old kidnapped person 20 years later would look like, they always leave the baby features when they show the person 25, 30 years older, you know? That's true. Yeah. It's, I mean, if you look at Shayna Baszler, that's what it looks like. It looks like the sketch arts where they just fucking, they took the baby and they just, I don't know. <laughs> Kevin Milwaukee said her face is undrawable. Uh, yeah, but she is impressive. I mean, you know, I'm curious. No, she's, to see. Great, no, she's a great athlete. She is. She's very good at her craft. I got to see what they do Wednesday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. There was something. What did they say? What was the tagline for NXT? How can you not watch NXT? I think that was the tagline tonight. They said they're on the commercial. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, how, how can you not watch? Like, that's their new thing now. It's going to be interesting to see where this goes on a weekly basis now because you know i had said this on wednesday night dynamite about a month ago that wwe i don't think is worried about aew at all and i don't think aew is worried about wwe at all you know because aew has their own niche and look if aew stood exactly the way they are right now if they're making money and they're not losing money, even if they stood as is for the next couple of years, that's not a bad thing. But yeah. a month ago, I felt like WWE, it's almost like the stock market. If you remember, and I, I use this as a reference, if you remember Trading Places, the movie with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd, and towards the end of the movie where uh, Dan Aykroyd is telling Eddie Murphy, not yet. Not yet, not yet. When they're in the stock market and they're waiting for the perfect opportunity, they go, bam, and they yeah. fucking put the stock up and everybody starts buying and the value goes down and they make those people just, it, that's what it felt like with WWE, like, not yet, not yet, not yet, bam. Now it's like, okay, now we're fucking going to let the, the wolves loose. And they made NXT have such an impressive showing on Survivor Series that, you know, if you don't, if you're not into Riddle now or Keith Lee or Ciampa or an Adam Cole, and you know what? This made me feel so fucking good today. I went on some websites, wrestling websites, to look at their polls of people voting their favorite match. I've not checked WWE's site yet. Uh, hopefully, I'll I'll do so. Um, I In fact, I will later this week, but... I checked a whole bunch of wrestling websites today today to see what fans polled as their favorite match of Survivor Series. And every website, the two top vote getters were the men's five on five and Adam Cole versus Pete Dunn. Really? Yeah. Oh. Even Goofy Powell's website 
actually is voting right now Pete Dunn versus Adam Cole the the number one match at Survivor Series. That made me That's feel amazing. good. That really did. That's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, if you really look at the last two weeks, I, I, or better yet, since Saudi Arabia, I mean, has WWE faltered with NXT at all? I mean, showing up on SmackDown, showing up on Raw, Having their their lineup two weeks ago, last week, Survivor Series, War Games. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody is paid by the same employer. Yeah, same company. You know, so if NXT, you know, gets some crazy momentum, that's just more money for the WWE. It is. It's the same company. It's the it, uh, people trying to separate them. And, and that's when they were saying NXT, it was not a real NXT show to beat AEW. Oh, shut up. It's the same fucking people. Stop. It's the third brand. It's not like guys on the, you know, the, the Cyclones is appearing on the Mets out of the blue. It's it's a it's a lateral move at this point, DT, to go NXT smack on the wall. It's a, la- it's a lateral move. Yeah, Amp Williams, I don't frequent a lot of wrestling websites, but what I did earlier was I did a Google search and I put Survivor Series poll 2019 and whatever results came up, I went on those websites and I wanted to see what their fans felt were the best matches. I wanted to see if we would get the, you know, the biased you know, the man, you know, like yeah. she's the most fair. I mean, we all got our favorite wrestlers out there. Adam Cole and Pete Dunn are not even in my top 50. Um, but, but to see consistently fans acknowledging those two guys and the work that they put in, you know, that was a wonderful thing to see. And look, I don't care who wins in the ratings on Wednesday on a weekly basis. If we get great fucking shows, yeah. we all win. You know, when people were talking last week with the ratings, you know, and yeah, I'm warning everyone Wednesday. I'll save everybody the pain for this show. But I got a two minute clip from our breakfast soup where I predicted this past week's ratings. But, you know, when I saw all these people online making excuses for WWE winning or WWE fans rubbing it into AEW fans' faces, I'm like, what's wrong with all of you? We got a great fucking week in wrestling. So we all won. We all won. I don't I don't get that. I don't get that. And yeah, I might be, you know, pussying out a little bit and everything like that, but I think I'm very fair when it comes to talking about both of those promotions, you know? I think so, yeah. I think you've done a good job on that show. Yeah. And Pince, I know Jericho said it wasn't a regular episode of oh, NXT. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I mean, look, Jericho had to make that statement because he was getting grilled by so many people. And you know what? The best thing that happened this past week was that the ratings went the other way because it yeah. got all the attention off the fact that Jericho interviewed Donald Trump Jr. That's true. Yeah, I heard that interview, actually. Yeah. And, um, you know, if people check out uh, Friday's Wildcard Friday, on Patreon, you and I got into a very detailed discussion on Jim Cornette's response, what Mark Henry had to say, yep. and it's definitely worth the listen. <coughs> but uh, mm-hmm. other than that, anything else you want to get into? No. Uh, one more show before uh, I take a break, and then you got Wednesday, and then you're on a break for Thanksgiving. And so I was, I, I was going to wish everyone, well, everyone who doesn't uh, tune into Castle Chronicles tomorrow, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. To everybody have a nice holiday and everything. And all you guys who most of you guys were on here, I see the familiar names. 
I'll catch all you guys tomorrow night on uh, Castle Chronicles uh, 815, right? Yeah, 815. I'll talk to you tomorrow, but I'll publicly wish you happy Thanksgiving yeah. now. Yeah, probably about yeah, probably about 815 tomorrow night. We go earlier on Castle Chronicles than Dark Chronicles, as you know. Yeah, okay. So, all right, but I'll talk to you tomorrow, DT. All right, sounds good. Everyone else, have a great night. Anybody who's not with us tomorrow, happy Thanksgiving. All right, take Peace. care. Uh, our associate producer, you think I may have forgot to plug you. I actually didn't think it was fair for Kev to just sit listening while I plug names and then say goodnight. So uh, I want to give a shout out to our associate producers, Tygsy Bowers, Julius Tillery, Aaron from Anaheim, Seth Washington. And by the way, shout out to Canvas Theory. Um, I got the hat. And it's fucking nice, man. When I go to Connecticut this weekend, I am definitely going to take a selfie while I'm there or a picture while I'm there. And I'm going to have that on. And if anybody out there, if you want to really check out a cool wrestling merchandise store, especially if you're into Mexican wrestling, Lucha Libre, go to canvastheory.com. And they have some really hip shirts, hats. It's not... You know, for individual wrestlers, it's just a very stylish uh, merchandise, pro wrestling. And I got to thank John for sending me the hat. Really, really top quality stuff. I mean, the yellow for that's the design with the, you know, just to simulate the Mexican mask. I mean, you see that a mile away. And I got two compliments over the weekend. Like, oh, it's a cool fucking hat. Where'd you get that? I'm like canvas theory. So... Shout out to the Metaphysic Fox, Whisperer Rob, G Unic, Jay Gambino, Neil McLeod, Vic Condor, Garcia Kane, seeing Black Pixels, Jacob Estin, Michael John Buchanan, Stell, Derek Brewer, Jerry Stewart, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Chuck Lentz, Tony, Chris Harris, Keith Doherty, John Krauser, Roger Rubio, Fatty316, The Man, Stan Loudon, Don Tony's political advisor, D-Boy Gentleman, Ernesto Defensa, Timothy Keel, Kane Shaw, Jeffrey Collins, James Mills, Cockboy, Jay Smoothie, Tom Baffa, Joseph Nicoluk, Nico Time, not Nicotine, Nico Time, Michael Rhino, Punk, Paul Convoy, Adam Demoy, Billy Taylor, Hassan Al Hashmi, Brent Webster, Aaron Claus, Out in Here, Anthony Smith, James Gruesome, Mark Israel, Bobo Mack, CJ Uihara, Crestman, James Deal, Courtney Summers, Diogo Nobre, John Coffey, Tim Everhart, Andrew914, Donald J. Trump, Russell Zavala, Murray Coombs Jr., Doug McKay, Keith Lee, not that Keith Lee, James Farmer, John Garcia, Mad Dog No Good, Larry Trella, Tommy Pikachu. You never know, it might be that Keith Lee. Zach Spoonamore, Chris Lumna, Rich Maharg, Julian LeBlanc, Big Red, Brandon Rice, Carl Buteau, a.k.a. Cheese of Rice, Spider Lewin, Rob McKay, Brian Byrne, Daniel Warren, and Michael Cuomo. They are our associate producers. They, along with our other patrons, are the reason why the show is free. Wednesday is free. They influence as far as what a lot of the content that's discussed. And honestly, and I'm not just saying this, a lot of people I talk to personally on Patreon know this. If it wasn't for them, DTKC show probably would have been history by now. More because of the expense side of it than anything else, or we would have been subscription-based. And everybody knows that if we ever become fully subscription-based, we probably lose about 90% of our audience. That's just the way that it is. But um, I got to thank them for their unwavering support. And look, I know people listening, not everybody, you know, can sign up on Patreon. Hell, 
you see all the patrons out there, WWE Network. I mean, I understand a lot of everybody out there has bills. But, you know, if you ever sign up, sign up for one month. Download the fucking 500 episodes, you know, and then just enjoy them in your privacy. We don't care. But um, everybody, check out on YouTube, Texas Podcast Massacre. Great fucking podcast focusing on horror films, mostly from yesteryear. I know they're doing a couple of reviews from this year as well. You got the Metaphysic Fox, who does some awesome custom poetry. Uh, I know some of you out there have contacted him. I wanted Isaac Fox to write me up some poetry. I'm, I'm just saying this straight out publicly. He was going to write me up some poetry that I was going to, you know, say to my girl Friday when I do ask that very important question. And I am going to record it. And if she gives me permission, I will stream it for everybody afterwards. But uh, I decided I got to just be me. I'm not writing nothing down. I'm not reading anything from a fucking paper. Whatever the hell comes to mind, that's what I'm going to say. Some of it will probably be goofy as fuck, but I got to thank Isaac for offering just unwavering support to, uh, you know, just give me ideas of what to say. Very, very good people. Isaac Fox, very, very good person out there. Shoot the Defense. Stell's got a great podcast by soccer fans, for soccer fans. He has a Patreon as well. Tons of exclusive content that you can't find anywhere else. I know a lot of you, especially our international audience that's really into soccer, are loyal supporters of Shoot the Defense. Great podcast. You can find them on Twitter under the same name. Rocked Reviews, another great podcast that focuses on a lot of music from yesteryear, and they just review it in a very unique way. Um, Sneaker Addict, DJ Dells. Tons of sneaker reviews, but also does some great wrestling-related content. And he is good people as well. You can find him on YouTube under the under the icon of Sneaker Addict. You got Elman Shah and his displayed store. For anybody that saw that video game artwork in my studio I'm working on over here for the video shows, that is Elman Shah's artwork. And I posted a link on Twitter And uh, for all of you out there that said it was really cool and you were going to pick it up, trust me, you won't be disappointed. I'm actually going to be ordering one for my girl's brother. She was fucking, he was obsessed with having a copy. SubZeroComics.com for all your wrestling, comic book, and pop culture collectible needs. Christ in the Toyverse, Bob O'Mac, shout out to you, my friend. Thank you once again for that video intro for Wednesday Night Dynamite. I will be utilizing it very, very soon. He's got his own podcast, Christ in the Toyverse, reviews a lot of collectibles, bobbleheads. He is the one that did that very funny review of my bobblehead, and it's still on YouTube. Go check it out. Raul Romo's on eBay. If you're into pro wrestling cards, packs, uh, he's got a great store, and I have been a customer of his, and he has sent me some really cool stuff, and your Terry Funk card that you sent me, that will be on display when I start video. And finally, last but not least, Your Best Bargains, LLC. Uh, shout out to Mike. He's got an Amazon and an eBay store under the same name. And he's got everything from everyday items to collectibles. And uh, you should support them all. Because not only do they sh- uh, have unwavering support for us, but every single one of them brings something unique to the table. I didn't just plug seven wrestling podcasts. Honestly, as far as wrestling shows go, Wrestling Soup and our network are the only two networks that you need. 
because there's just so much content that is put out every single week and every show is different. And it's just, you can't get enough. Patreon.com slash Don Tony, Patreon.com slash Wrestling Soup, $5 for each one of the channels. You'll get so much content on a weekly basis, you won't be able to hear it all. And I'm not exaggerating in the least. And the cool thing about our page, and I've said it before, if you sign up and you don't like it for any reason, contact me. You know, don't wait a month and then complain, but contact me in a couple of days. Say, DT, look, I signed up. I'm not feeling it. You know, can you refund me the money? No questions asked. I'm out here, everyone. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. All the best. Don't forget, tomorrow night on Patreon is Kev Castle Solo Show, Castle Chronicles. Wednesday, I will be back with Wednesday Night Dynamite. We'll be talking NXT, TakeOver. The show's on Wednesday, AEW. We're going to talk a little bit more about MLW, this uh, continuation of the god-awful shit going on within Ring of Honor. Uh, I, I, I've been saying it for about a month now. I think right now it's a contest of who's going to implode first, Ring of Honor or Impact Wrestling. And it's a shame because there's some very talented wrestlers on both products and they're being overshadowed by a lot of bullshit. And it's a shame. But uh, we will get into everything but Raw and SmackDown on Wednesday. And uh, I hope you all enjoy the rest of the weekend. Happy Thanksgiving once again. Kevin and I will return one week from today with your next edition of the DTKC show, which will be already December 2nd, 2019. Follow me on Twitter at DonTonyD. The website, DonTony.com, and again, Patreon.com slash DonTony. Be well, everyone. Catch you all again soon. Ciao. Son, oh my. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you hitting the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. Son, oh my. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? Get the fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Don, might. You can have fun. You really are. <laughs> Support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. Pay-per-view recaps. DVDs. Beer koozies. Tattoos. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I can learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com 
has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice. My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. 